Ladies and gentlemen, this was definitely a very, very difficult podcast, but I felt it was very important. And um, it was basically about four-year-old Christopher Vincent, who lost a battle to a very, very rare form of brain cancer, uh, DIPG, which is Diffuse Intrinsic Pontine Glioma. I had the distinguished pleasure of speaking to Christopher's parents, Keila Spate and Stephen Quander, and also my dear friend Jeremy McLively from Custom Inc., who is the reason why uh, we were even connected in the first place. Uh, it was a very difficult conversation to have with two parents who just lost their four-year-old son just a couple of weeks ago. So I appreciate the conversation we had, and we hope that everything that was discussed there can uh, bring some strength to uh, other families and uh, remind them to love, be kind, and appreciate every moment. Enjoy the episode. This is dedicated to anyone that's been knocked down, but not out. The ones that fell to their knees, but rose back up. The ones that scratched and clawed, but never let go. The ones willing to admit their faults, move past their failures, and improve every single day. I hope these conversations encourage you to think critically, make you laugh hysterically, inspire you profoundly, and remind you to practice gratitude daily. My name is Iman Hushman. Welcome to the conversation. Welcome to Awesome People. Good evening, awesome people. Welcome to another episode. We really greatly appreciate you being here and joining me for episode number 16. And tonight's episode is definitely a very special one. Uh, But before I get started and I welcome our amazing guests, for anyone who's watching very, for the very first time, my name is Iman Hushman, and the purpose and the whole mission behind Awesome People is to recognize people that I believe are awesome for a multitude of reasons, whether they're uh, super successful, inspirational, have gone through incredible challenges, uh, are, um, are, are doing some incredible stuff in their community. There's a wide range of things that uh, we like to kind of spotlight on this episode, but the episode and the podcast itself is for you, it's for the community, it's to strengthen our community, it's to become stronger, be better people, be a better community, be a better society, be a better world. And um, if you have not yet subscribed to our channel, please do so by clicking the button right over here. You can even click the little ring bell so that you get notification when we do go live in the future. You can also text the word awesome to the number that's also showing on the screen so that we can be updating you on upcoming episodes um having said that uh you know to tonight's episode is definitely one that is admittedly very uh very challenging for me very difficult for me and um the backstory goes uh like this uh, about a year ago or so i met uh somebody by the name of jeremy mclively who has now become a friend but it was originally just somebody that i was trying to establish a business relationship with uh, he was working as a manager of the Bethesda location of Custom Inc. Many of you probably already know Custom Inc. It is a uh, a great, great company uh, nationally that does great T-shirts and embroidery and um, you know a lot of you know hats, everything that you can think of with regards to uh, branding and logos on on shirts and different types of apparel. And uh, you know he was such a great resource for me from the very beginning. They sponsored our Unite and Conquer seminar. He was one of my speakers. And uh, so, you know, fast forward uh, about a year later, you know, our friendship continued and I was reaching out to him a couple of weeks ago to, um, you know, get some shirts and all that good stuff. And then he asked me for uh, a little bit of a favor. 
And when he shared me the, the, the story behind it, I wanted to do whatever I could uh, on my end to, to help him out in, in the amazing thing that he was trying to do on his end. And what was happening is that one day, about two weeks ago, a lovely lady by the name of Keila uh, Spath, she, she actually um, came to the Bethesda location and she was looking to have shirts made for a fundraiser uh, for her son, Christopher, that was uh, battling uh, at the time uh, a very rare form of uh, brain cancer called diffuse intrinsic pontine glioma, uh, also known as DIPG. And uh, they were trying to, you know, raise funds because obviously it was um, a lot of expenses for hospital bills and uh, treatment and, you know, X, Y, Z that that's all involved in such a challenging uh, period in any uh, parent's life. And uh, me knowing just how Jeremy is and the huge heart that he has, uh, he basically, you know, took it upon himself to help her out and and, you know, be his her main point of contact and, and go above and beyond and and helping with all the things that they needed with regards to the, the shirts that they were making. And then, um, you know, un unfortunately, um, about two weeks later on November 25th, Christopher Vincent at the age of four um, passed away. And, you know, that's that's kind of like when, when he told me this story, it was very um, difficult for me because I, I just know how difficult it was for Jeremy. He himself being a father of two young children, I know that it hit hard very, very much for him. And, you know, um, already getting emotional, just, uh, just thinking about what he was going through, you know, and, um, and so we basically just spent the last week and a half trying to figure out what we can do together and, and rally around, um, not, not, not just, uh, Keila, but also her husband, Stephen, uh, as well as, uh, the three siblings that Christopher had. And I, you know, there's, there's Stephen the third, who's 11 years old, one of his older brothers, there's Leilani, who's 10 years old. And then there's Ryan, who's seven years old. And then there's uh, little Madison, who's two years old. And, you know, unfortunately, I myself haven't had the pleasure uh, to, to meet any of the family members I'm meeting for the very first time tonight, um, the parents, Keila and Stephen. Um, and but but you know our our hearts our heart still aches and uh, you know we can you know only imagine the the challenges that the family is going through so we're hoping that this conversation that we're having here will um, will first of all be um, something positive for for them as a family uh, if anybody is able to make any financial contributions to uh, the two fundraisers that they have going on both from their own personal GoFundMe as well as the one that's created with uh, Jeremy's team at Custom Inc. Both links to the fundraisers can be seen below in the link of the, the YouTube video that we have going on right now. Uh, and, and also really um, to use this as an opportunity to honor uh, this young man and uh, also remember him. I would love to get to know more stories about him. Uh, he has undoubtedly left a legacy behind and uh, many of us would love to hear and, and learn more about that. And also just to, um, you know, learn more, more about the disease, learn more about how we can possibly, you know, help one day cure it. Um, there's so many different uh, types of cancers. Many of us are touched by cancer. I've been touched by it personally as well in my family. So, um, you know, I, I can't wait to live in a day one day where the word cancer is a thing of the past. But for, for now, uh, you know, we have these conversations in the hope in the hopes of uh, raising awareness uh, and and you know continuing to to get um, strength out of out of these uh, these situations that really bring us down to our knees. So uh, it's time as a community for us to kind of rally around um, 
the, this family and they're they're both from rockville that's my hometown so it's really hitting me even home even more and um you know without any further ado i would love to uh, invite them all to the screen i'm so happy that steven made it as well i thought it was just going to be keila but i was blessed with having both of them on so we have keila we have keila spite we have uh um steven quander and we have jeremy uh mclively good evening to you guys all hello good evening good evening welcome welcome to awesome people really appreciate uh you all being here and jeremy i'll get to you in a little bit my friend you know don't so just keep on sitting tight in your beautiful little backdrop over there uh Kila steven once again uh my condolences to you and your family and thank you for being here tonight thank you thank you for having us so um you know um I, 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 I'm not even a parent, but my, my heart goes out to you both. And I would love for you to, first of all, just kind of share with us um, the story and the journey that you've all been going through. I know it started about six months ago, six and a half months ago. So if you don't mind to kind of just take us back to how, how it all started. Uh, but first and foremost, just tell us more about Christopher before this unfortunate journey even began. Okay. You want to talk about Christopher before? Go ahead. <laughs> so, um, Christopher Vincent, um, that is our little angel, um, as it is now, uh, one of the most amazing children you'll ever meet, uh, just full of personality, um, type of kid that comes into the room and just lights it up, uh, a character, um, always, always telling jokes, always making people laugh, always making people smile. Um, super quick with it, uh, would, would come with a joke and, and you'd be like, man, this, this kid is way beyond his years. Um, just with some of the things that he would come up with and, and say, um, depending on the, the day of the week, depending on, depended on, uh, which superhero he might be or what character he might be that day. Uh, but, um, it was always going to be a, uh, an adventure, um. With, and, with, and apparently Superman was one of his favorites too, right? Yeah. Uh, Superman, <laughs> Spider-Man, Batman, um, all of the, uh, all of the, uh, superheroes are, are kind of, kind of his favorites. Um, he really liked the leaders. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and now he's rank, he's, he's joined the ranks of those same superheroes himself. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. He definitely has. So, so who, who did he get his wit and humor from? Is it from you, Stephen, or is it from Mama? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll say it's from my dad, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah. so, so humor skips a generation in, in your in your family. Okay. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty much. He all the all the jokes come from grandpa. Um. So, if you ever got to meet him, he'd have you uh, laughing, rolling on the floor. Um. So, right. him and Christopher were like two peas in a pod. Um. Oh, when they got together, they would just sit there and laugh and joke and fight with each other. Uh. So it it was a joy to watch. That's beautiful. So go ahead, Keila. I think it looks like you're about, you're about to say something right now. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I guess when things started to, I guess, take take a turn, um, maybe when Christopher started to learn how to walk, we actually started to mm -hmm. notice that there may have been something wrong with his eye, one of his eyes. And the doctors kept telling us, you know, um, his vision is fine, so he'll be okay. He'll be okay. Um, as time went on, we noticed there was something going on with his violence. Um, eventually, we started to notice that his head was leaning to one side only. So finally, a doctor agreed to take things a step further. They requested an MRI. Um, even when the MRI was requested, it was said 
he's not in pain, so it's not an emergency. We can wait. So, okay, we'll wait. But on May 21st, when the MRI was done, as soon as they saw the imaging, everything was a 911 emergency. We immediately had to go to the Children's Hospital. They already had his medical team assembled. And that's the day that they told us that unfortunately he had um, a rare form of terminal brain cancer. And the way that the doctors were kind of explaining things to us, Stephen and I are more, more realists and we just need to know what's happening right now. So I asked the question, what's worst case scenario? And they told us, you know, your son has six months. So that was hard in the moment. But Steven and I both said, we need to take this information and we need to do what we need to do to make sure Christopher has the best time of his life, you know, for the next six months and on. Of course. So that's exactly what we set out to do. Um, Christopher's village formed very quickly. Um, everybody pulled together to ensure we were able to maintain our lifestyle, continue to take care of all of our children and continue to you know, provide for Christopher. It was almost like we had to squeeze a lifetime of memories within six months. So you know, that's exactly what we did. Um, I believe Christopher enjoyed his time. He actually wanted to spend most of his time sitting on the couch. He probably didn't even want to do half the things that we did. Right. But you know, we made sure to, you know, just make it happen for everybody. So um the the imbalances that you notice and like the the parts of the eye, can, can you let us know when that was? Like how long ago did that start kind of showing? Um, you know, just in case there's parents who are kind of seeing certain things and in, in their children, I'm just kind of trying to get a time frame. So when he was, um, when he started to walk, that's when we noticed it. Um, he was like one years old. Um, okay. Even when he would start to walk, he would only swing one arm. Mm -hmm. um, we also noticed the eye thing, but you wouldn't notice it looking at him head on. You would more so notice it in a picture. Mm -hmm. like, oh, something's wrong with his eye. So a lot of doctors said it could have been a lazy eye. Mm -hmm. Definitely was not a lazy eye. And so, so really, it took about two and a half, three years until it got to the point where doctors or others were like, you know what, we need to get serious testing done. So my yeah. question, my question to you is, I guess there's no testing that's done at this point at a younger, younger point to perhaps catch this earlier on and do something. I mean, it's it's just, I don't, I don't know. Like, is that so? Yeah. So since since the really the only scan you can do to get a uh, definite image of it is an MRI. Mm -hmm. um, unless like your child falls, hits their mm -hmm. head or has some type of trauma um, to the, to the um, head or, you know, upper region, um, they won't do any imaging or testing for it. Um, there's no like cell testing. There's no um, any type of uh, preventative testing um, that can be done for it. Uh, unfortunately, in the majority of the cases, um, one or two things happens, either uh, you notice all those signs, but by the time you notice all those signs, the tumor's grown mm -hmm. um, and it started to take hold. Or um, in some of the cases where we've seen like it's taken the child, the child falls, hits their head, and then by chance they get an MRI and they're like, oh, we saw this um, on the MRI. But as far as anything proactively right now, no, um, there's nothing that they really do. Even with, um our youngest daughter, Madison, because there, while there's research being done on this particular cancer, there's not enough information that they can provide to us to relax our minds, relax our hearts when it comes to our daughter. 
because right. we're thinking, okay, if Christopher got it and you guys have no idea where it came from, then there's a chance that Madison could also. And we would rather know sooner than later. So of Madison course. actually just had her three-year checkup, I mean, her two-year, two-and-a-half-year checkup. And we asked them, can we just get an MRI done, please? You know, just to make sure. Mm-hmm. And the initial answer was no. But we asked again. And it just so happens the nurse who referred Christopher for his MRI is the same nurse that saw Madison. So she understands where we're coming from. Mm -hmm. So she agreed to, I guess, set up a referral, but it's still not a definite that they'll give it to us. Um, Steven and I have been discussing about um, maybe it's going to get to a point where we have to pay for an MRI on our own Mm -hmm. without insurance, because insurance may tell us no, because there's no real reason to give Madison an MRI. Right. And and everyone who's taken an MRI knows how expensive those are. Even when you have insurance, sometimes the deductibles are $250, $500 and, um, just for that part. So so my, my question was actually going to be whether or not it's hereditary. And I guess that was your concern. And, yeah. and this, is this a disease that kind of is, is formed or found primarily in, a, in the youth? Is that kind of like um, when I was reading, it just seems like usually um, this is kind of found in, the, in a younger age, correct? Or am I yes. wrong? No, you're correct. Yeah, it's usually found in um, young children. Um, a lot of the stories that I've been following, I've seen um, as young as two years old. And then I've seen also as old as 17 years old. So I've started following a lot of families and just seeing what the differences are. There really aren't many differences. Most of the children actually develop the symptoms in the same way, in the same order. So, you know, for Madison, our eyes are wide open. Of course, of course. <laughs> we need to know sooner rather than later. Right. Um, and so so when, when you did find out, I guess my question is, is there, what was the initial reaction? And like, is there still like an attempt to, uh, obviously you probably got multiple opinions, you know, to just kind of make sure that everything is, is really what they're being, that they're telling you. But uh, was there still, did you guys immediately shift to making sure that he just has the most incredible remaining months and and you just kind of focus on that aspect? So it was twofold. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we focused on that. Um, mom focused more on the uh, memory making um, and I, formed, I focused more on the treatment aspect. So we kind of attacked it uh, in like a, a two prong approach. Um, she She's a lot happier than I am, um, just <laughs> generally. Um, she's a happy person. Um, and I'm more of like an analytical person. So it was easier for me to focus in on, you know, what's his treatment program? When does he need to go? What do we need to do? Um, and to be honest, the the treatment program is pretty aggressive for a, a four-year-old. Um, once they got him into the program immediately, uh, he had to undergo uh, radiation uh, mm-hmm. five days a week um, for 30 days. <laughs> so you can imagine um, each time he had to be put to sleep because he's too young to keep still. Um, during the the treatment so um, for six weeks uh, pretty much eight o'clock in the morning um, we had to go down to Sibley and Christopher had to be put under uh, get his radiation treatment Um, we had to wait for him to wake up the whole process from start to finish was about four hours every day Um, and then it took some another hour hour and a half to get himself back together um, just to kind of enjoy his day Right. Um, he was fine for maybe about the first two to three weeks. Yeah. Um, and then that's when he started to um, take a toll. Yeah, he started to see see some of the toll, you know, he some of the hair. lost his hair, which for him is like a thing because he used to <laughs> one of his things to calm himself down would be to twist, twist his hair. He had like this beautiful curly hair. He would twist yeah. it. Um, 
So that not being there was kind of a, you know, saddened him a little bit. Uh, and then just, you know, some of the some of the physical things started to uh, come. You get the fatigue. Um, and then as he went along, uh, swelling from the actual. So the radiation is done um, and it's concentrated in the area of the uh, spine um, at the base of the neck on the spinal cord. Um, however, in killing the tumor, the cancerous cells, it also causes swelling in the healthy cells, mm -hmm. uh, which causes you to have the same symptoms That's as true. if the tumor was growing. Um, so it, it's, uh, counter counterintuitive. <laughs> yes. It's, 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 it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough process to watch. Um, and then it's also, you know, you're trying to figure out, is this from the radiation? Is this from the actual tumor growing? Uh, and then that's when the steroids and the different, um, medicines come into play and, you know, it's, it's a, it's a lot. And the, the steroids actually changed him even more. Um, the steroids made him angry. Yeah. He became very angry, very mean, especially to his little sister. And he gained a lot of weight. Um, so much so there were some times where Christopher would say, I don't want people to see me like this. Oh man. And he's only four years old, you know what I mean? So the fact and that he's even understanding that exactly. at that young age is incredible exactly. maturity. And then like we're we're trying to make him feel good about himself. So I thought I was giving him a cute nickname. I would call him Chunky McChunkster. Oh no. <laughs> didn't mm -mm. go it didn't go too well, right? Mm -mm. <laughs> he didn't like that at all. He just yeah. he I guess he noticed the change in himself also. And then when he also lost his ability to walk, that hurt him also because he he would watch his brother and his sisters running around and he can't do the same thing. Even if he tried, he can't do the same thing. And even like towards the end, he would say how excited he was to learn how to walk again because he wanted to walk up and down the steps by himself like he used to. Right. So he he knew those things were going on. He knew his brain was sick, if that makes sense. So he did know that much. He will often tell us my brain hurts. He could, he could basically feel the physio physiological changes within him. And so yeah. um, so that even goes goes to his superhero-ness, you know, those are all the things that were happening inside of him. But yeah. uh, so so my, my question actually that kind of ties into this is, did you ever have a certain conversation with him or was it just, you know, like how, when especially at four years old, you know, like at what point does he really, really realize what's what's happening? Or is that a conversation that's that's not had? And I'm sorry for asking. It's just I'm trying to no, okay. wrap my, wrap um, my head think, around. I don't think it was a matter of we needed to have a conversation with them because how can you explain to a four year old what's actually happening, um, yeah. especially when he's only four? He's never experienced death before. So you wouldn't be able to explain right. that much. We would explain to him as much as he would say to us. So, for example, those doctor's appointments where he did have to be put to sleep, but he couldn't eat anything that morning. We yeah. would tell him you can eat after the doctor takes pictures of your brain. He understood that much. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? But that's about as far as it went yeah. for him. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Um, we didn't have any conversations of uh, just how serious it was. Um, you know, we tried to keep him in good spirits, uh, keep him upbeat. Um, like I said, you know, like um, we both said, he knew that he was sick. He knew that something was was different. He knew that something was going on. But um, in his mind, he was going to uh, the, all the different hospitals, as he called it, the big hospital, the toy hospital, the yeah. exercise hospital um, to get better. 
Um, so we didn't want to take that that fight away from him, um, take that optimism and hope away from him. So no, it's um even his uh his port, yeah. he called it his Iron Man button. <laughs> I was actually going to ask, you know, especially as a child, you know, every the, the world is your playground, no matter where you are. And so I was wondering what things were making him happy during this difficult time. You know, what things were, you know, his little cave, I guess, you know. So I guess a port is one of them. <laughs> so we actually built him a little man cave inside of his closet. At one uh, point, he refused to put on clothes. So we just only bought him pajamas. <laughs> he just only wanted to stay in pajamas. So we turned his empty Like most closet. of us during quarantine, right. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so we turned his empty closet into a little man cave just for him. I it's decorated that. with all superheroes, the letter K. He had a little seat in there. All of his toys were in there. But towards the end, he was like, take all of that stuff out of that closet. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, he, he wouldn't go anywhere without his tablet. That's how we also tested his vision. One of the symptoms of DIPG, you lose your vision. And he mm. used to play um, Subway Surfer mm-hmm. and Sonic. So we knew when he started losing and he was cursing at the laptop, I mean, at the tablet, his vision is going. Oh, no. <laughs> because his vocabulary tra- changed. Oh, my goodness. The words he was using with us. Yeah, it definitely, definitely picked up some <laughs> adult language <laughs> As he's cursing out the cursing out the tablet, we're trying to figure out, you know, is that my fault? <laughs> yeah, and, and you and you can't really be hard on him either. So you just yeah. let him kind of say anything uh, that it is that his heart I mean, desires. He, he, he used it in the right tense and the right text. So you know, well, right. as long as long as it's grammatically correct, you know. You you so go. so so I understand that obviously he he still was kind of young to understand, and and Madison obviously is too young. But you know, Ryan and Leilani and Stephen, uh, if you don't mind me asking. You know how 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 were they handling this? You know, presumably, you know, experiencing death uh, for the first time, perhaps. You know, how has it been to, uh, or how have they been handling it? You know, and and how would you recommend to any other family who's going through something like this how to um, address it with the the children that are around, the siblings that are around? So Stephen and I actually have two different approaches when it comes to that. Every child is different. This is true. So for example, Leilani, she is more mature for her age. Hmm. So when we found out, I sat Leilani down and I had a a heart to heart with her and I explained it to her the way the doctors explained it to me. Hmm. So she would be able to understand. And then I had her repeat it back to me to understand what she understood. Um, She definitely had a breakdown in that moment, but my intentions were, I'm going to treat this exactly how I'm treating it for myself. I'm going to have my breakdown now. And over the course of time, I'm going to learn to accept what is happening so I can move forward. And that's exactly what Leilani did. Um, She definitely became a really big sister um, as far as wanting to help take care of Christopher. Christopher ate a lot. Every 30 minutes, it's time to eat again. So she was definitely, you know, bringing him food. If he needed help to get to the bathroom, she was there for him. Especially if she saw that Stephen and I were doing something else or if it looked like Stephen and I may have been tired. You know, she was stepping up just to be there for him and Madison, actually. And your approach, Stephen? Well, so Ryan and Stephen are a little... less emotionally uh, advanced as Leilani. Um, they haven't had to do difference between stuff. girls and boys, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, Ryan's a girl. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't. Okay. Uh, but she's seven, um, and even with Stephen being eleven, 
Steven's like a, a bleeding heart optimist. Like he, he, he loves everything. He thinks he finds the positive in everything. Um, so, you know, trying not to hamper that or crush that uh, too early. Um, you know, I kind of explained to him what was going on. Um, and then I kind of let him draw his conclusions from it. And the first thing he said was, I believe that Christopher's going to be okay. So with him saying that, I'm not going to then go in and be like, no, he's not going to be okay. You need right. to deal with this now. Um, you kind of got to let everybody come to their own, um, you know, conclusions uh, and, and, you know, cope with it the best they can. Um, as Ryan looks up to her big brother, Steven, she kind of follows his lead. So when he said that, she said the same thing. Um, you know, and it, you know, I let him have that hope, let him have that optimism. Now, as things started to turn, we had different conversations like, you know, Christopher's feeling worse today. Um, you know, this this is different today. He He's lost the ability to do this. Um, and, you know, they would come with the questions of, well, is he going to be able to get better? Is there anything we can do for this particular ailment? Um, you know, and he had different braces and different things of this nature um, that they wanted to help with or, you know, give him or try to work with him on. Um, so, you know, you just got to treat every child differently sure so so you mentioned the the mindset of of steven and in past episodes you know we've talked about just the power of mindset in general like in life you know life can be so hard even under normal circumstances and you know the, the more positivity that you have in your life is it kind of gets you through the tough days um can you can you kind of tell us where you're getting the strength to kind of go through this you know is it is it faith in religion god is it is it positive mindset is it you know, silver linings. I, I would love for for you to kind of share with me and the viewers on like, you know, how, how you're you know getting the strength to to carry on here. For for me, I think it's a little bit of everything you mentioned, but I think it's also the conversations that were had with Christopher throughout the entire journey that prepared me specifically for now. Um, whenever there was a quiet moment. I would ask Christopher for hugs and kisses and then he'll give me hugs and kisses and I'll say, I love you. And he'll say, I love you, mommy. And I say, how much do you love me? And he say, 100. And, you know, just, you know, him saying it like that, you know, yeah. just lets me know I'm doing something right. You know what I mean? And yeah. then you'll have those instances where I'll say, Christopher, you're going to be my baby forever and ever. Mommy, I'm not a baby. I'm a big boy. So, he, he feels the love from me. I feel the love from him. And he's just a positive child. So even through everything that he went through, Christopher didn't get upset about all of the medicine he had to take, all of the trips to the hospital he had to take. Even He'll even say, that medicine is awful. But mommy, it's medicine time. So like he he knew. It's you know almost I mean? it's almost like he was keeping you guys strong, you know? Like just, exactly. You know, like, exactly. Um, um, so yeah. even um down to the very end, Wow. After his last breath, his heart went into overdrive to bring him back. And I was rubbing his hands. Stephen was rubbing his head. And we both were just like, Christopher, it's okay. Like, you know, you don't have to continue to fight for us. It's okay. It's okay. You know what I mean? And it's okay was actually one of his favorite phrases. Um, if you bumped him or something of that nature. Oh, I'm sorry, Christopher. It's okay, mommy. <laughs> so it's okay. It's just my thing. It's okay. I love it. Steven, Steven, what's, how would you respond to um, what's been keeping you, you know, optimistic and straight, strong? Uh, I mean, for, for me, like I, I kind of just, um, you know, looked 
to him. Uh, you know, we we did a lot of the, I did the majority of taking him back and forth to the hospital. So we had a lot of time uh, together, just going back and forth to the hospital. And um, prior to him uh, getting sick, um, I work out a lot and he would work out with me. Um, so we would exercise. And our point of exercising was to have like superhero muscles. So um, he would, you know, talk to me, uh, you know, in the morning time, like towards the end, um, he would wake up around maybe two, two o'clock in the morning, you know, to eat. Uh, sometimes just, I think sometimes he would just get lonely. He would just want to be up. Um, mm -hmm. He just wanted people close to him. Uh, so we would be up at about two in the morning, um, playing the tablet, watching TV. And about four o'clock in the morning, he would turn to me and he would say, Daddy, you go exercise and then you come back and you feed me. <laughs> and whatever the food it would be that day, whether it be boy food, which is Chef Boyardee, chicken noodle soup, it just depends on what he wanted. Um, but he told me I had to keep my superhero muscles. Um, <laughs> so, you know, at, at the end of the day, you just, you, you got to be strong for that. Um, yeah. You know, the, yeah. one of the lessons you learn uh, throughout life is, unfortunately, no matter what's going on with you, the rest of the world doesn't actually stop. Uh, so even with that, uh, being said, you still got to figure out a way to keep it together to function, um, in, in the outside world, no matter what you have going on. Um, and I kind of learned that from, you know, my dad, uh, Christopher's grandfather, um, he's been battling pancreatic cancer for the past two and a half years. Um, and he had a similar, uh, uh, a similar diagnosis where he was only supposed to, you know, it was only supposed to be six months for him and it's been two and a half years. Oh, uh, so just watching him fight, continue to go on um, and just, just live life, you know, that's what you got to do. So um, would you, would you say that your family as a whole has become more unified and more, you know, just, you know, how much has this brought your whole family together? I would say, um, it's brought the the family together um, as a whole uh, pretty close. I mean, we were already close. We were already like a a, a close knit family um, to begin with. Um, so it wasn't wasn't like we had to do anything extra to kind of pull together. Um, right. That was already kind of there. Yeah, having having a big family helps uh, during during challenging times because. Um, well, actually, one one thing with regards to kind of like coming together, um, COVID itself was that something that kind of like helped the situation in any way, or was it something that uh, was actually detrimental to it? You know, I'm just kind of wondering because I know Jeremy kind of touched on something was kind of detected because of COVID. So, would you mind kind of speaking to that a little bit? So, um, COVID was actually a blessing for us in a sense that the head leaning to the side. So in before COVID, you're always going, 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 going. You know what I mean? The children spend most of the day at daycare. You come home, it's time to eat, then it's time to go to bed. Right. Um, during COVID, we were able to sit with our children, see our children play, watch right. our children actually just sit if they're just sitting. And then that's when you notice, why is his head cop like mm. that all the time like that right. just doesn't make any sense and then you'll see when you um we were going on walks hmm. 
something's not right with his walk. You know what I mean? So COVID actually allowed us to see all that. And then COVID actually allowed us to be home with our children during this time. Mm-hmm. I do strongly believe, for example, um, we both, um, I guess, have a career in retail. With me leaving retail, him, st- him still being in retail, it would have been difficult for both of us to handle our careers and still deal with Christopher during sure. these six months. One of us would have had to resign from our position sure. because even towards the end when we thought Christopher was going to be okay, we discussed putting him back in daycare when, you know, daycares open back up. But then we realized people are actually nervous about watching him because that mm. transition day can come anytime. So then that that plan failed. <laughs> we said, never mind. <laughs> Let's not worry about it. <laughs> Let's just stay home. So is um is is the um, the way that like the eyes are or the the head leaning are those like the, the the key parts of kind of seeing if somebody has this disease or is it different from one child to another? Basically, you know, if there's something that you can kind of detect in a child from the earlier on, what are what are the main things to look out for? It would be the eye and the uh, the, head, the the eye and the head lean. Mm-hmm. Um, the walk comes a little later once it gets more progressed. But as far as something that we saw from the beginning, um, it would be the eye. Um, and it, it would be the eye, uh, not really speech. It would be more of the, um, I forget what they oh, call it. The, oh, the, um, yeah. they call it kind of the, a, the, like the face, the a, face there's muscles. A, yeah. There's yeah. an asymmetry. There's an asymmetry in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, so depending on what side the tumor is affecting, you'll either see it on the left or the right. Mm-hmm. Um, but pretty much all the children, they'll have that same asymmetry. So on the same side, wherever the eye is kind of squinty, um, right. you'll also see kind of a grin, um, on that side of the face. So those usually are the first things that you can see, um, before anything else. Okay. Um, so let's, I would like to kind of transition to how this village around you was created and like the community support and what the things were that you were doing, which eventually led to, uh, Jeremy, who's been sitting here patiently with us. Um, you know, can can you kind of tell me about how, um, friends, family, the, the community around, you know, came, came and huddled up around you guys and, and what you were attempting to do with regards to going to Custom Inc. and how you and Jeremy connected? So um, our barber slash cosmetologist, uh, she does the entire family's hair. <laughs> um, we, Christopher likes Spider-Man. So Christopher and I both got a Spider-Man cut or a Spider-Man web in our mm-hmm. haircut. Um, I have a mohawk, so I was able to get the spider web. <laughs> and um, she had another client who came in soon after us, and she just asked for something funky. So she gave her the same cut, and she explained why she gave her that cut. I hope she's watching right now. Um, so Janine is the stylist, and Tammy is the client. Um, after Tammy got her cut, she kind of just ran with the story. <laughs> she jumped on social media. She posted a video. And once she did that, the floodgates just opened up. Literally everything just came pouring in. And at this point, I never met Tammy. I've never seen Tammy, never heard her name before. But she definitely made things happen. She created the first GoFundMe um, page that was created. She created the first custom mink fundraiser for us. She got um, an artist to draw the picture that was used on the first custom mink shirt. She did a lot for us. She really did. Um, she was thinking about things that we weren't thinking of. Um, like, for example, in the beginning, we didn't even think about how this was going to affect us financially. 
Right. Never even crossed our mind. We're just thinking, oh my God, our child may pass away in six months. But yeah. then after she did the fundraiser and we started to receive the funds, ironically, we started to receive the funds and the bills at the same time. So it was definitely <laughs> good, good timing. Yes. Press because those numbers, the first, so for his uh, first hospital stay, um, he had to get a biopsy um, and stay for two days. Uh, that particular bill was $75,000. Oh my goodness gracious. That was in the beginning. For 48, 48 hours in the hospital, essentially $75,000 uh, was the, was the first bill. Um, you know, I, I, I've been blessed. I work for a, a wonderful company. I work for Nike. Um, and I have very good insurance. However, um, what ends up happening is uh, with terminal illnesses, a lot of the things they will deem as elective um, right. because it's, uh, a, a, you know, considered terminal. So they're like anything that you do outside of these certain sets of things, um, you know, they may cover, they may not cover. Sometimes they cover 50%, sometimes they cover 30%. It just depends. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it came to a point where like, you know, with everybody reaching out and helping um, one of my uh, coworkers, Georgette and her husband, they got us in contact with the Corvette club, which got us in yeah. contact with some other people and they put together a fundraiser for Christopher. Um, it's just been a, uh, you know, an outstanding journey from that particular point. Yes, it has. <laughs> so, so, so I guess here, 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 Jeremy, if you don't mind, we'd like to kind of, um, you know, hear your perspective on how you first met Keila and, uh, you know, all the things that you were able to do, because, you know, I, I just, I just love, you know, what, who you are as a person man, and how, you know, you care for all your clients. And, and I just love how you decided to take full ownership of of this situation and so kind of tell me about you know how, how it all kind of started and and what you're trying to accomplish here together as uh individually and as a custom ink team together sure um see so yeah, i mean like you said you know i met keila about a month ago um at our store and you know i was kind of making small talk disinfecting in this COVID era uh while she was waiting to come in or waiting to sit down and you know just making small talk of what brings you in and I think one of the first few things that she shared was just that, you know, she was there to work on a fundraiser for her son who had terminal brain cancer. And immediately that's, I mean, kind of hits you in the chest and then, you know, takes you back. And, and that was sobering in, in and of itself. Um, but, you know, as we're working through our appointment, getting deeper into it, I come to find out, you know, he's, he's four years old. Um, he's been given six months to live and we're in the sixth month. It was, it was early November. Um, so, you know, this family is reaching this point where they don't know what's next. Um, and I mean, just like Keela has been today and meeting Steven for the first time, just um, seeing how like, strong they were under that pressure. I just couldn't imagine what that's like. And um, being a father myself and knowing that, you know, there's nothing like a parent's love. Um, I think we all know that whether I mean, everyone has a, a parent, um, if you're not a parent yourself yet. Um, and I just couldn't imagine bearing that weight by yourself. Um, and I, I didn't know, I, I'm encouraged just to hear what the journey has been like um, and the outpouring of support so far from the community. And I just felt like I was here in this moment in time on their journey. And I, I couldn't um, like just, you know, help her with this one thing and, and, and think of it as complete. Um, it's just not, 
who I am. And, and, you know, if I was in that situation, you know, I, I would hope that there would be other people rallying around my family if I, if I needed the help. And um, so, yeah, just doing what I feel like I'm not doing anything really, but like just doing what I can to connect the community uh, to this story and to just rally behind uh, this incredible family and, and awesome little boy that Christopher was. Yeah, man. I mean, um, and, and I know that Kila was wearing a shirt right now. Uh, Anush, Anush, can you please get Kila back in? Um, sorry. So I know she's wearing uh, the, the teddy bear stuff. So can you kind of touch on the design, please, with regards to the teddy bear that they have while, while Kila and Steven, they got disconnected for a second. So we're getting them back on. Um, sure. Go ahead. Continue, please. Yeah. Um, it's pretty impressive. We got this far without like someone dropping out. I thought it was going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so that design, you know, as we were working on the design, Kila, you know, had this mentioned, you know, she knew exactly what she wanted, a spider web, a ribbon. Um, and a teddy bear and it's like this this specific teddy bear has to be in the design i'm like yeah. oh yeah we have like custom design services which i think she actually used a friend to get this final design um but connect her to that that process initially um and come to find out you know that 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 bear represents um the urn that are going to be used for uh christopher's ashes and right. um she talked to me about you know just like the preparations they were having to make for that and um i mean that just that just wrecked me <laughs> um to to hear that and um and yeah just like the conversations that her and her husband were having to have with, with christopher and the family and um yeah so design is super special um of course and um just all of, everything coming into that story was obviously very significant that um yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, <laughs> sorry we're having a little technical difficulty real quick getting Steven back and Kira. no it's okay you, you you guys are just need to oh there we go Vert, vertical is the way to go okay See, this is this is the beauty of live tv you know <laughs> um yeah so 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 can can you guys hear us Kila and Steven yes so we were just actually just talking about the the design that you have on your shirt and if you wanted to kind of touch on that a little bit more uh Jeremy just kind of chatted about it but um, do you want do you want to share the story behind the design? Sure. Um, I and you, you're, you're, sorry, your, your camera is actually horizontal right now. There we go. I wanted to um, create something that I could use forever and ever. And I also wanted to give Christopher's village something that they could keep after the fact, not necessarily something with his face on it. So because we are doing cremation, um, of course, we're not going to split them up. So we wanted to, we decided to get this teddy bear urn. So my sister and I actually, my sister Tia, we decided to create an image using the teddy bear, holding the gold ribbon, which is the color of the childhood cancer ribbon, and then also include his initials inside of the teddy bear. Um, we wanted to do it small, just so it would just be something, for example, if someone else wanted to utilize this image, they can also personalize their t-shirt right. because the teddy bear is just perfect for a child anyway. <laughs> it just so happens this is the exact teddy bear that we're using where Christopher, that, this will be Christopher's final resting place. I love that. I appreciate you sharing that Thank story. You. Thank you. Um, so, so, so Keila, er, earlier in the in the email, on, on, a, on a closing note here, when we had a little back and forth with the email, um, you know, you, you kind of told me that, um, 
you know, ever ever since all this happened, you know, your your mission had kind of changed where you want to kind of share the good, the bad, and the ugly, which um is pretty much what you're doing right here in this in this conversation. But as as we close close this um little conversation, what is like the take-home message that you want to kind of share with everybody? What's the message that you want everybody to know about Christopher? What is it about uh, the disease that you want others to kind of support? I mean, I, I really just want to kind of give you the stage to, to, to end it with any memory that you have, any, any positive message you want to share, or anything that's in your heart that you would like to kind of share, you or Stephen. Um, when I, when I um, made the decision to share this story, the good, the bad, and the ugly, I didn't want to hide anything per se because the village did grow so big i just wanted to show people what they were supporting and i wanted to also bring awareness to the cancer in general because Stephen and i had never heard of it before that day and most of the people who joined the village never heard of it and it in my reading it actually made me sad because mm -hmm. so many children pass away from this but you would never know that um even with christopher's um passing we are looking into finding out exactly how to list his cause of death correctly, which is part of the reason why the funding isn't there for this particular cancer. Mm. Um, in Christopher's case, they will probably list respiratory failure, but in actuality, it was the cancer. So we have to fight to get it listed that way. Um, and I just found that out, you know, in my reading as a recently, because, you know, before I'm not looking at that, I'm looking at it now. But um, as far as what I would like people just to take away from Christopher and even Stephen and I throughout this entire journey, um, a lot of people comment on our strength throughout this situation. And while we appreciate it being noticed, we need people to understand it's literally the only option we have, not only for ourselves, but for our other children. We definitely have our moments, even leading up to this podcast. My heart has been racing. <laughs> Anxiety is taking over <laughs> and I can't shake the feeling. You know what I mean? Um, Steven feels like he hears Christopher all the time. I feel like I see Christopher all the time. You know what I mean? So yes, you see us as being strong, but you're not here in the house with us. And we want you to understand this is not easy. While you may think it looks easy, it's definitely not easy. Um, we actually have to go and identify Christopher on Saturday. <sighs> that was not the plan. However, it's what we have to do. So that's another layer. And Christopher passed away November 25th. And we're still, you know what I mean? Dealing with this piece by piece. But we just want people to especially take from Christopher, like I repeated earlier, it's okay. Things are not as bad as you may think they are. You just have to say to yourself, it's okay. Because you're gonna get to the other side of whatever issue you're dealing with. And for me, after this situation, I am actually working on creating a nonprofit specifically for DIPG families. Um, I have noticed the difference in support for many different families. And I wanna be the one to fill in the gap in the middle. So after we tie up all loose ends with Christopher, that's gonna be my purpose because I really wanna make things easier for other families as our village has made it for us. I, I mean, I absolutely love that. Uh, and I appreciate the vulnerability and the, the honesty of, of you sharing what you and Steven and the whole family are going through. And honestly, I hope that uh, 
Christopher's uh, voice n never stops, you know, bouncing around the walls of your home, you know, the memory will live on. And um, that's a good thing, in my opinion, you know, you, you, he's in your heart and all around uh, you. Right. And I, I think the more that you share the story and as you continue to work on creating this amazing nonprofit that you speak of, um, his legacy will continue to carry on. And um, I mean, I, lo I love I love the fact that you even mentioned that the fact that you're now doing this to raise more awareness in the future. That's that's an incredible thing. And I hope that uh, anybody that's watching or ends up watching, uh, you know, reruns of this episode, um, that they continue to click on the link below. Is, is there a cutoff on when the GoFundMe ends by any chance? And that goes for Jeremy oh, for the custom link. There isn't a go. There isn't an end date for the GoFundMe until the donations stop coming in. So, oh, for okay. example, if though I believe it is thirty days, then it'll pause on its own. But the okay. custom ink fundraiser does end on December twenty first. Okay. This is All the right. sweatshirt, by the way. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and 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 uh, Jeremy, just out of curiosity, are they able to go purchase? Is that, is that how the the fundraiser works? They could just purchase that one shirt, or is it to make uh, financial donations there too? Or both? It's actually both. Yeah, it's actually both. So if you okay. go to the um, fundraiser page at Custom Ink, um, you can get um, the merchandise and have like the design and Christopher live on in that in that merchandise. There are sweatshirts there. There are also masks and like touches uh, door openers there as well. Um, but in it. getting the the piece of merchandise, you also have the ability to donate financially above and beyond whatever the cost of the sweatshirt or, or item is. So it's, it's dual fold. I love that. Well, I'm gonna first of all buy one of those ASAP and and please make expedited shipping. Yeah. Because I wanna, I wanna wear it, and then I'm gonna post it, and I'm hoping that other people, once they see it on me too, they will, um, you know, buy it, and we, we're gonna continue until December 21st. Is the custom ink one you yeah. said? Yes. Okay. So December 21st is for that one. So you really have to expedite the shipping, Jeremy. Go ahead, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to say one thing too, just like Keila's point earlier, is that you know all the talk about strength is is realizing that we're not, you know, in this family's shoes. Um, and that's something I recognized, and that. I, something I want to, I like to live by or, or strive to live by is like bearing one another's burdens, like being there with when other people are going through trouble um, and knowing that the family was dealing with this, you know, and, and Stephen even said it earlier, like the world doesn't stop. And I just think the context of, of this happening in, in the world of COVID and, and, and how, you know, we're all kind of caught up in that thing. Families are still dealing with incredibly difficult things. Um, so anyway, we can rally the community. Like that was my goal to help like support this family's burdens because they're in our community. They're next to us. Uh, Kilo was across from me sharing that. Um, so, so that was my, my goal to unite everyone here is just to like, what can we do um, to, to in some way put ourselves in their shoes and, and, and support them in any way we can and whatever that looks like, whether it's sharing the link, donating ourselves, donating our time, um, so I just appreciate uh, Stephen and Keila's openness to even allow me to um, to do something. Definitely, man. And Jeremy, you know, I, I I've said it to you too, man. Like Custom Inc is very lucky to have somebody like you as one of the leaders in in the organization. And uh, I know that the people and the in the Bethesda team they look up to you and. Um, you know, keep keep on doing the great things that you're doing, you know, not going above and beyond and not just taking care of a client, but, um, you know, establishing true, genuine relationships. I have no doubt that Keila and Steven and their family truly um, appreciate all that you guys are doing. And kudos to Custom Inc. for, um, you know, rallying behind their clients, too, in, in situations like this. So it's a it's a great thing to to witness. And um, yeah, so, I mean, on, on that note, um, Keila, Steven, I, I genuinely appreciate you guys taking time out of your um 
this this trying time for all of you to kind of share the story. And I hope that people who are watching that they please, please, please at least click down below, find out more about the story of Christopher. And if you are not able to donate financially, uh, share the message, share the story, share the legacy. This is a, a superhero that left us too soon, but uh, his legacy will for sure carry on. Um, and again, thank you again, Keila and Stephen, for, for, for being here tonight. Jeremy, my friend, thank you for everything you do for the community. Uh, Bethesda, Montgomery County, and the state of Maryland is proud to have you over there. <laughs> thank you. All right, guys. Thank have you. a great night. And we're going to close the show with, uh, with a nice little montage of Christopher. Much love to you all. Have a good night. Take care. Bye-bye.